Good morning and welcome, Patriot Radio News Hour. Happy Friday, right? And thank God it's Friday. What a week. I'm Joe Jaquin, CEO of the Patriot Trading Group. And our toll-free number, listen, write it down. If you don't know it, write it down. 800-951-0592. The website is allamericangold.com. We've got a shopping cart there. You can order all weekend, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And whether or not you order it from me, and I hope you do. I hope you do. If you listen to this show and support this show, I hope you order from me. But whether you do or you don't, add to your portfolio, and I mean significantly. Uh, I've got a major update. Uh, I'll just say this. Call, call, call your spouse. Call your brother, call your parents, call your friends. Get the podcast. I know we've had some, the KHNC's had a streaming issue uh, started late last night. Uh, They're working to fix that. If you can't, if someone can't hear the show, get the podcast. This is one of these shows. They don't come very often. You know, uh, the financial crisis, you know, shows uh, right before Lehman collapsed, uh, 9-11, you know, shows like that come to mind. This is a very, very important show when it comes to your wealth. Uh, I've got a major update. You know, earlier this week, remember, I questioned the need for the emergency rate cut. Why couldn't we wait a couple of weeks I have the answer today. Uh, I, I'll tell you exactly why, and actually, I won't tell you. Uh, we're going to be playing Jeff Gunlotch. He's, you know, he's one of my. Guys. I keep telling everybody, if you're going to listen to somebody, it's this guy. I now believe that we are going to get, at a minimum, another fifty basis point rate cut in March. That'll only leave us with two more cuts before we're at zero again, and that could very well happen at the April meeting. Things have escalated incredibly. Uh, And again, I'll I'll bring you up to speed, but uh, some of the biggest companies in the world now, and you know their names, are announcing they've got employees with, with coronavirus. Uh, Seattle is shut down. Uh, you, you know, and it's hard to describe the magnitude of it all. The cases here in the U.S., uh, we've added almost 100 cases so far today, and the day's not over. Um, so, so get ready. But I was talking earlier, and it was either earlier this week, late last week, about publicly traded debt of the companies that you own in your 401ks and your IRAs, uh, even though you got a 10-year note, by the way, the 10-year note got below 0.7 this morning. It's at about 0.75 right now. The problem is 
The bond market is see, is seizing up. Uh, the quantitative easing. Every get ready. There's going to be major stimulus coming. Uh, there's going to be. I don't care what Jay Powell wants to call it, whether it's QE uh, or or something else. It doesn't matter. There's going to be a significant, significant increase in the size of the Federal Reserve's balance sheet. Uh, we could be back to the everybody gets a check. Remember the George Bush, uh, everybody gets a check thing. Uh, we're going to break it all down for you. So make sure in between the break, if there's somebody uh, that normally listens and maybe they're not going to listen today, you want to make sure uh, you hear what Jeff Gunlatch has to say about why we got the emergency cut, why we're going to go to zero, why he says that we actually can't do what the president wants and go to negative rates because it would destroy everything. Uh, but but we, we've got to prepare for what, every, uh, what the inevitable is. And I think uh, you can pencil in the recession here in the United States. Uh, gold prices, you know, at the beginning of the year, I was saying, hey, we're 1700s in the bag. Uh, there's a chance at 1,800 new all-time highs next year. Uh, scrap that. I think 1,800's in the bag. I think it's very likely uh, that we will see uh, new all-time highs this year, and it's possible we could be talking, and I don't like to throw these numbers out there, we could be talking about $2,500 gold this year if it gets really bad. Uh, so, I uh, gotta, gotta show. Listen, it, it's information. This isn't to scare anybody. That's not what this is, right? It's information. Uh, I think the Dow Jones is going to. Uh, I think it's in the bag that the Dow is going back to those December lows, which is what, like, what twenty two thousand. Uh, right now, the Dow's down uh, almost six hundred more points today, about twenty two thousand. Unfortunately. I think it's going lower than that. Is it possible that between now and the election uh, that the Dow takes away all of the Trump gains? It's very possible. We'll see. I, I'm not saying that's what's going to be, uh, but it's starting to look like that could very well be. The Fed had a six-shooter. It took two shots and missed. It's going to take two more shots in a couple of weeks. Uh, unfortunately, when you got to kill about 100 different things and you only got a couple of bullets, it doesn't work. Patriot Radio News Hour, don't touch that dial. 800-951-0592, Patriot Radio News Hour. So you think about this week, we've had two of the highest up days ever, followed by Three really, well, two really bad down days. And, of course, today being the third bad down day, uh, or at least it's looking like the third bad down day. Uh, Gold's hit a new uh, seven-year high this morning. Uh, the plunge protection team tried to whack it. Uh, Gold's, Gold's coming all the way back. Matter of fact, back positive again, uh, 1670. Uh, it's been as high as 1690. Put the seatbelt on because it's going to go a lot higher. Uh, I'm gonna we're gonna start playing Jeffrey Gunlatch. This is a long interview. Uh, he's going to explain in very 
explicit yet simple details about what is coming and and then we'll 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 be starting it and stopping it and I'll interject here and there uh but Ramon uh let's let's start the clip here's Jeff Gunlotch CNBC yesterday 10 year as I look at it right now 92 basis points what's your reaction to what we've seen in the bond market well, the bond market is rallying because the Fed has reacted to the seizure in the corporate bond market, which is not getting enough attention. I mean, the junk bond market widened out about the same as it did in the fourth quarter of 2018, and it's widening out massively again today. And Jay Powell has a background not as a theoretical economist, but as a private equity person. And his actions on short rates have been pretty much in reaction, uh, ever since he started the easing cycle, pretty much in reaction to problems in the corporate bond market, which are really worth paying attention to because obviously the stock market has benefited a lot from buybacks. And as the corporate bond market is weakening, now that it's over a $10 trillion milestone, amazingly, $10 trillion of corporate bonds, as corporate bond yields are going up just as rapidly as Treasury rates are falling, it's kind of problematic for that buyback aspect of the market. So the Fed has cut rates to 50 basis point, intermediate panic emergency cut in reaction to even the investment grade bond market being shut down for seven business days. And uh, so if we look at history, once the Fed does a panic intermediate rate cut, particularly when it's 50 basis points, which is usually what it is when they have to panic, they typically cut pretty quickly again, even at the very next meeting. So I'm in the camp that the Fed is going to cut rates again, uh, perhaps even in two weeks, and that we will see uh, short rates headed towards zero. I agree with Jim Bianco, who's been talking about that. I'm not sure I agree with him that they're going to cut to zero immediately, but I think we have another rate cut coming. In the meantime, uh, Treasury bonds are not really a place to make money anymore. They're a place to not lose money, and that's what's, what's happening. I mean, at 90 basis points-ish, on the 10-year, even if they go to zero, you're not even looking at a 10% rate of return over a one-year time period. You use the word panic um, when describing what the Fed did. Why, why do you use that word? Why wasn't it justified what they did? Because they're worried about maybe a consumer panic. Maybe they're also worried about what could be a very real freeze up of business in this country, especially on yeah. the mechanism that makes this economy work. And that's the, the service side. Yeah, well, I, I don't disagree with that. I, when I say panic, it doesn't mean it's not justified. I mean, sometimes panic is justified. If someone's breaking in your house through the window, I think you're supposed to panic. Uh, and business activity is pretty likely to contract. I mean, the anecdotal evidence is getting pretty powerful. I received multiple emails today of clients that were planning on visits to Double Line saying we're canceling them. And I'm sure I'm not alone in that. Stop it right there for a minute. So let's, let's just review what he just said. Some, some big key pieces of information in there. So he talked about junk bonds, right? And I, and I gave you that, right? I told you why Jay Powell wanted to cut the rates because the junk bond yields – while the 10-year note in U.S. Treasuries and now Fed funds rates are falling, the companies that are already junk-rated are finding that their borrowing costs are getting increased. In other words, they're pricing in a lot more risk. But 
Gunlot brought up something I didn't know. The non-junk market, the investment-grade bond market, seized up for the last seven days, which means what he's saying is, just like the junk bond market, even the investment-grade companies are not able to borrow money for less. They've, they've got to borrow it for more, which means they're like, well, then I don't want to borrow. And then remember what he also said. This market has been built primarily on stock buybacks. It is now problematic because they've all, they've, in the vast, vast, vast majority, if not every company, because money had been so cheap, borrowed the money to buy back the stock. Now all of these stocks have been losing money, right? So now the buybacks, which made the stock go up, right? They took it all away. But they still got to make these payments. And you got to remember, company after company after company, I mean, you should have heard Southwest Airlines today. Revenues are starting to fall, yet you still got all of these debt payments to make. And then he was talking about, hey, listen, I, I'm going to get an email after email after email, big clients. You know, this guy deals with billion, billion, billionaires and billion, multi-billion dollar companies. And he said, everybody's canceling. Nobody wants to come in. Uh, but very important, this is a 10 trillion dollar market and and the funny thing about it is the amount forget you know so much of it's already junk but the amount of it that is triple b minus which is the lowest investment grade that's where a lot of what i'll say the non-junk is it's right next to junk in in gun latch and everybody else says listen these companies are going to junk the rates are going to go up. They're not going to be able to, to make the payments. And we could be looking at, at bankruptcies galore in the corporate debt market and the central bank and the federal government may have to step in. Ramon, let's keep going. And obviously the airlines are in free fall for good reason. Mm-hmm. And small business activity is going, to, is going to contract. I think it's foolhardy to think anything other than this is going to take a major hit to short-term economic growth. So, I mean, so do you think that maybe, maybe, maybe grocery store sales will go up uh, on a short-term spike, but all other kind of social activities grinding to a standstill. So do you and think so the it's Fed not made, surprising at all? Forgive me, Jeffrey. Do you think the Fed made the right move? I, I think cutting rates was justified for sure. I, I mean, I don't like the way, sort of, in which it was done. It, it feels like uh, you know they were between a rock and a hard place. I mean, the Fed, I think when I say panic, the Fed in their most recent press conference took a victory lap, talking about how they had finally reached a stable place in policy and that uh, they could be on hold for the foreseeable future, maybe even the entire world, that we were in a good place, that policy rates were appropriate. And I I don't know, I thought that that was a little bit of hubris at the time, but the uh, data set has certainly changed to the point where the Fed was between a rock and a hard place. If they don't cut rates, you know, it's a real problem. The stock market is tanking or was tanking last week, and now it's a huge roller coaster ride. 
and the bond market uh, activity, as I said earlier, with high yield spreads just blowing out while Treasury rates are falling just as fast as high yields are going up, uh, it's, I think it's, uh, you can't uh, blame the Fed for cutting the rates 50. They're just probably going to have to do it again because this situation doesn't seem to be doing anything but continuing. And, you know, you see the press conference with the president and the, and the physicians uh, on top of this uh, coronavirus situation, and, and they're saying that, you know, they might have a vaccine in like a year, year and a half. So we, nobody knows what's, what's happening here, and so caution is appropriate. So um, Scott Miner told me the other day the 10-year could go to 25 basis points. I mentioned right now we're at 91. We could test yeah. uh, 90, which is the record. Uh, where yeah. do you th- how we low do they go in your mind? We're now at 70. Sorry, Ramon, I was going to let it keep playing. So just so you know, this was yesterday. This is how fast the markets are moving. The 10-year note actually broke 70 basis points this morning and currently is sitting at 0.72, so uh, more lows. But understand this, what the central bank was trying to do, it was trying to drive down rates for public companies who are loaded up and they've gorged themselves on debt. How did they get these massive debt piles, by the way, Jay Powell? Because you had rates so low. And now all of the people that are doing the bonds are like, hey, wait a minute. It was one thing for you, for me to loan you money based on you doing X billion dollars a year in sales. Uh, But now I think, you're not going to do X billion dollars in sale. I actually think you're going to be doing a lot less than X billion dollars in sales, which means not only do I not want to loan you more money, I don't even know that you can pay back the money you've already borrowed, and you're seeing the interest rates rise, not on your TV, because on the TV they just tell you about the 10-year note. They're not telling you the real and the whole story Uh, This is why today is such a huge, important show for all of you to understand about what this cascading effect could possibly be. Go ahead, Ramon. Keep going. I think we're pretty near the low right now. I mean, maybe we get to 80 basis points on the 10-year. I don't really believe in the 25 basis point 10-year. I think that's just uh, extrapolating the move that's already happened. I mean, I, I think that the short rates are definitely going lower. There's absolutely no upward pressure on short rates. But we're starting to see a steepening yield curve. Uh, in a way that's that's noticeable, uh, n- not today exactly, although it's moving around, but we now have a 100 basis point spread between the two-year and the 30-year and a 90 basis point spread between the five-year and the 30-year. And these are uh, re- levels that we haven't seen in, in, in quite a while. So I think we're getting to the point where fiscal stimulus is going to be uh, more talked about. In fact, I think uh, we're going to be hearing that as a narrative that's quite common in the days ahead, and it's difficult to see uh, why you would have a demand for a 160 long bond or a 150 long bond or an 80 basis point tenure if all the supply is coming. But I I don't really think uh, calling the direction of interest rates is all that meaningful right now. I mean, you don't make any money regardless. I think you're just better off staying in cash, really, than in owning uh, a 10-year treasury because the profit potential even if you're absolutely right and you do get 
uh, lower uh, tenure rates, you, you just don't make any money. You're starting, it's a place where you just have return-free risk. But you can understand, uh, you, you, you can understand though, why some people are looking at the tenure, for example, and saying, and we've discussed it on, on this program multiple times, as long as the 10-year note yield keeps falling, it's hard to be confident about a stock market bottoming. I agree with that. I, I think the thing you're supposed to own, and I've talked about this uh, for almost two years now, is gold. I mean, I turned bullish on gold in the summer of 2018 on my, uh, on my total return webcast when it was at 1190. And it seems to me, as I talked about my Just Markets webcast, which is up on DoubleLine.com on a replay, that the dollar is going to get weaker. And the dollar getting weaker is, seems to be almost a policy. And the Fed cutting rates, slashing rates, is clearly going to be dollar negative. And that Something means right that there. gold. We're coming up on a break. Uh, and Jeff Gunlatch uh, giving his view of things. Uh, by the way, the dollar uh, down again today, uh, down to 95 in change. You know, uh, that's the lowest the dollar's been in a while. Uh, as I reiterate it, I'll reiterate what I said earlier in the show. I am now convinced uh, that the most likely occurrence at the next Fed meeting in two weeks is a 50 basis point cut. The next most likely thing is a 75 basis point cut. The least likely is only a 25% cut. Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll be back after the break. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, a daily broadcast from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. And we're upholding the legacy of Phyllis Schlafly, grassroots activist, author of 27 books, and articulate voice for traditional values for more than 70 years. And now, from the archives of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, here is Phyllis Schlafly. Some people will be celebrating International Women's Day. According to Wikipedia, this observance was started about a 100 years ago by the Socialist Party to protest working conditions of women as our country began to industrialize. Of course, those problems have long since been solved and have no relevance to the condition of women in America today. Yet the feminists are still selling the notion that American women are victims. A good book by Myrna Blythe called Spin Sisters, How the Women of the Media Sell Unhappiness to the Women of America, describes how women's magazines and those anorexic female commentators on TV are all busy selling victimhood to American women. They say that women's lives are full of misery and threats, that women suffer from a constant state of stress that keeps them unable to cope with life's irritations. That's all false. American women today have unlimited opportunities to have a happy, healthy life. Myrna Blythe describes how what she calls the TV spin sisters, Barbara, Katie, Diane, and Connie, are not really rivals, but are a girls' club with a mission. This mission is to tell women that they are living in a treacherous, stress-filled world, confronted by threats from everything from abusive husbands to contaminated foods in their refrigerator. A typical article in a woman's magazine is called The Health Hazard in Your Handbag. If women are oppressed, how come they live eight years longer than men, while men suffer 94% of occupational fatalities? 
Did you notice that when that airplane landed in the Hudson River a few weeks ago, the men helped the women out of the sinking plane and onto the boats first? The fact is that American women today are the most fortunate and privileged class of people who ever lived on this earth. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. You've seen the desperation of women's marches, the disgrace of Planned Parenthood, the rise of savvy young conservative women. Radical feminism is heading down a dead-end road. Voice your opinion on what's really important to women at phyllisschlafly.com. That's phyllisschlafly.com. Thanks for listening and join us again for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Welcome back. 800-951-0592. Before we get back to the interview, uh, talk to you, he was talking fiscal stimulus. Uh, it looks like uh, we are going to set a debt record this year if this is what's going to happen. Uh, I, gotta, I do need to update some things. Microsoft, Adidas, Lockheed Martin, all announcing that at least one employee in each one of those companies has contracted the virus. The University of Washington, which is in Seattle, uh, the University of Washington has said that all classes effective immediately will go online. No more classes at the University of Washington for the rest of the semester, uh, the World Health Organization now set, used the word false hope that the virus would disappear uh, when summer arrives. So uh, these are uh, things that are breaking, right? Uh, also breaking, the United States is now considering issuing a travel ban on cruises. They haven't done it yet, but according to sources, they are considering ways to discourage U.S. travelers uh, from taking cruises uh, to help with the spread. And I just want to mention this and why it is that Jeff Gunlotch is talking what he's I mean, think about what he's saying. Hey, rate cuts, another 50 points coming, maybe more. Fiscal stimulus, right? That means, right, the government's going to, you know, have all this, whether it's tax cuts, everyone gets a check, whatever, right, big debts. He says, this is why I have a problem with the 10-year, you know, I don't know that it can go to, you know, 25 basis points or zero. People have no idea the tidal wave of supply that he thinks is going to be coming online. We're not China. Yesterday, Seattle said to every worker, if you can work from home, please do so. Don't go to work if you don't have to. Anybody over the age of 60 is to stay inside. Now, they can't force it. And obviously, right, 60 here, every, 99% of the people that are 60 got to go to work. 
in China, they just shut it down. Right? If you were caught out in the streets in Wuhan, they came and arrested you to try to stop this spread. We're not, we're never, I don't think we're ever going to do this. Uh, also, by the way, an employee of the Seattle, Se- well, that works the Seattle Seahawks Stadium, the XFL is playing football in that stadium, has contracted the virus. Is there potential now that you could see sporting events and the like get canceled and all the, I mean, you know, all these things we've been talking about, and and you start listening to Jeff Gunlotch, and now all of a sudden he's, you know, he's drawing this case out of, hey, this is a big problem. Southwest Airlines CEO was out this morning. The amount of decrease in flights has been dramatic. Uh, Google uh, this morning banned all flights. They don't want any, uh, none of their employees to get on any flights for anything Google-related, period. So keep this in mind as you're listening to Jeff Gunlatch. Uh, Ramon, let's go ahead and keep playing them. That the dollar is going to get weaker. And the dollar getting weaker is, seems to be almost a policy, and the Fed cutting rates, slashing rates, is clearly going to be dollar negative. And that means that gold is going to go higher. Gold is doing super well, even with the dollar unchanged over the past, really, f- 14 months or so. And, the do- and gold is at a record high in terms of euro and many other currencies. And I feel like it's almost a certainty that gold is going to go to an all-time high versus the dollar as well. And uh, the gold is really performing well. Gold miners have not done well at all. I mean, they're probably up today, but they they haven't done much year-to-date. And so I think you have to look at alternative assets to financial assets in this this present environment, and gold is an anti-dollar play that I think will continue to be profitable. So I'm not really thinking about buying the 10-year to make money. Uh, You're making a lot more money in other things. What's what's the one thing you're you're looking at in in the market across all asset classes or even, you know, within the stock market that is is guiding you in the direction you think uh, things may go? You know, we see the transports are in a in a bear market as we're speaking now. They've they've dipped there. What is the one thing that someone says to you? What should I be watching more than anything else? Well, I think we have to watch. Uh, it's not a market thing. It's an economic data thing, and that's initial claims for unemployment, uh, which are very low and are the one thing that makes the economy seem like it has been holding up. But if this situation with travel and leisure and non-social activity continues, you just wonder if you can keep initial claims down near 200,000 per week. The uh, five-year moving average of initial claims is around 243,000. And one of the most uh, predictive uh, aspects, uh, economic statistics for recession, is when you get unemployment claims on the weekly uh, basis. I use the four-week moving average because they're so volatile. But if they go above their five-year moving average, you're done. You can just put a fork in the economy. It's almost definitional. And so I think you have to watch the unemployment situation. If this uh, slowdown of small business and travel and leisure and the like uh, sustains, uh, it probably will lead to higher uh, unemployment. And that's just a really big problem for the economy. Also, consumer confidence. Stop it right there. So social distancing. Remember that phrase, social distancing. That is what they want to have happen in Seattle. They don't want you going anywhere where there's a lot of people. 
They don't want you touching other people. Uh, social distancing is the phrase uh, that we're using. And again, it doesn't matter. And I, and I try to reiterate this to everybody. I don't care what you think. It's an overreaction. It's an underreaction. It's this. It doesn't matter what it, the reaction is what it is. And so when you're sitting there and you're thinking about what's coming next, listen, it's not a bounce back. It's a bounce down and down hard. You know, and, and, and Gunlatch talked about if we break the five-year moving average on jobless claims, that's it. It's done. It's over. And this is what they need to try to avoid. I don't know how you do it, right? You we were sitting there talking about Seattle on lockdown. San Francisco just got, uh, just, just yet late yesterday said, we got it. The mayor's freaking out there. He thinks that they've got thousands of cases that are getting ready to come to light. Now we're going to shut down San Francisco, right? You shut down L.A. We talked about Vegas, right? Vegas has their case. We're going to shut down Vegas. We're going to, you know, New York cases doubled yesterday. We're going to shut down New York, right? It's an improbability. You need to get prepared. 800-951-0592. Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll be back after the break. Eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. U.S. twenty dollar gold pieces. Seventeen forty. Seventeen forty. You buy ten or more. Seventeen. 30 at 800 951 I've got about, I don't know, 15 or 20 rolls of half dollar still left at 145 a roll if you're looking to pick up some silver. Uh, Microsoft has now said, in addition to Seattle, they have told their employees in the Puget Sound region and the San Francisco Bay Area to work from home pretty much for the rest of the month. Alphabet, a.k.a. Google, uh, has recommended that some of its 4,500 people in the Washington office work from home. Amazon, which employs 50,000 people in Seattle, Bellevue, recommending that its employees who are able to to work at home all through the end of the month. Facebook, same thing. Uh, Microsoft's LinkedIn division, same thing. By the way, also, it seems to be already moving to San Francisco uh, as well, closures in those offices as well. So you can understand the cascading effect. You're not driving in your car. You're not spending money on gasoline. Uh, Hertz oil demand. By the way, oil has collapsed today. Uh, the last I saw, oil was down almost 9%, uh, $41. Yeah, well, it's off the low, $42.12, uh, down eight and a quarter, down $3.78, uh, eight and a quarter percent on crude oil. Uh, and again, you can see why, right? Because, hey, People aren't going to drive to work and back from work and this and that and this, and, right, and all the restaurants. And you, you, I gave you this. You understand that. And this is what Jeff, Jeff Gunlotso is adding to this problem. 
He says, yeah, jobless claims are going to be bad, but corporate debt is so massive and so much of it is at, in junk or near junk status that hits to companies' revenues could be a cascading bankruptcy effect uh, all across Wall Street. So we've got to be vigilant here. Uh, let's go back to Jeff Gunlatch. And that's just a really big problem for the economy. Also, consumer confidence, which is tied into unemployment. Consumer confidence in the present has been very resilient and at historically high levels. However, interestingly, for the past 18 months or more, the consumer view of 12 months into the future has been quite dismal. And that setup usually puts you on notice that you've got to watch the uh, view of the current situation for consumer confidence because they've been dismal about the future for some time. And historically, it's when the view of the future joins the view of the, the, sorry, the, view of the present joins the view of the future in weakening that is also sort of definitional of a recession. So th these are things we have to watch out for. Certainly, the movement in the bond market is very similar, and the movement by the Fed is very similar to past massive slowdowns. And I want to say one more thing about employment, and that is the jolts figures that don't get enough attention have been very weak. They're basically as weak as they were going into the global financial crisis, which maybe is foreshadowing uh, a, an, a, an uptick in unemployment claims, which would really uh, kind of uh, be the, the end game of this economic expansion. So that's what I'm watching out for uh, in terms of economic statistics. In terms of markets, I mean, I just think that the, the two sectors that are just falling knives are financials and transports. And I don't see anything that's going to reverse that until we get through the other side of this valley of this, uh, this sort of travel shutdown. And financials, of course, are getting trashed thanks to the uh, low interest rates. I sent you some charts last night. I don't know if you have them, but one of the charts that I think is very interesting is a chart of financial market performance comparing Japan, Europe, and the United States going back to 1995. And if you look at it, the Japanese financial sector of the stock market is down like 80% since 1995. It didn't rally at all going into uh, after the global financial crisis or going into the global financial crisis. It just stayed very, very depressed. And why was that? Well, that's because Jap Japan had zero interest rates. And when you have zero interest rates, banks can't make any money. After the global financial crisis, Europe and the United States, or sorry, going into the global financial crisis and after the global financial crisis, Europe and the United States stocks, there it is on the screen now, they rallied similarly. You see the orange line and the blue line rallying exactly the same out of uh, the recession of, uh, of uh, the dot-com bust. And then you see that they both collapsed in the global financial crisis. And after that, the European stock market hasn't really been, the financial sector hasn't been able to recover. Right. The U.S. financial sector went to match its highs of 2007, incredibly. Uh, but now the financial sector is underperforming tremendously because we're headed towards, again, zero interest rates from the Fed. Well, and we have zero interest rates. All right, from let's the Fed stop and it right there. Let's stop it right there. We're coming up on a break. Uh, U.S. $20 Liberties and St. Gaudens, 1740, 10 or more, 1730. Uh, rolls of silver, half dollars at $145 a roll. At 800 951 uh, Gold, which hit a new seven-year high, uh, 
then got hit. You know, uh, the plunge protection team came in, if you will. Uh, found uh, went back to sixteen forty two, which is a really great level because that's where. Remember last Friday? That's where gold was last Friday when they whacked it. That's now new support. Came all the way back. Gold's gold's just been hanging around sixteen seventy, sixteen sixty five, sixteen seventy. Silver man, silver just. It it couldn't get arrested if it tried. Uh, it's actually down a little bit today. Seventeen uh, ten, uh, a new second uh, high of all time in the gold silver ratio above eighty seven or above ninety seven now. Uh, the gold silver ratio, so uh, getting close to an all time record high there. When we get back, we're gonna play the last couple of minutes of, of Jeff Gunlatch. And we'll go from there. Final segment here, Patriot Radio News Hour. Remember this show, you can listen to it via podcast uh, on our website, allamericangold.com. Uh, it'll also be on uh, the 1360 website, 1360khnc.com as well. Uh, I want to get to the last couple of minutes of Jeff Gunlatch real fast. Ramon, do we have that ready? I forgot what number that brings us to in terms of QE. <laughs> Whether it's QE five, six, well, we've or seven. done it's QE three. We we've done really about five QEs. We yeah. did QE one, two, and three that were were termed that. We also had Operation Twist in there, and now we have the repo facility that Jay Powell swears up and down is not QE. I guess he means QE means buying long bonds. So mm-hmm. technically, if if that's the definition, then we're not doing QE. But it would be QE four, and I think it would be pretty big because it would need to finance. Uh, not only the fiscal stimulus, but also the uh, emerging weakness in the corporate bond market, which may need some addressing, too. So because the corporate bond market weakening would be absolutely problematic I, I, for the entire yeah. United States economy. No, no question about that. And I, I, I know people are watching that closely. So in the two minutes I have left, I, I got a couple quick things I want to put a fine point on, if, if I may. Um, you said the Fed's going to cut again. OK, March 17th, 18th. That's the next meeting. So they cut there, yeah. yes or no, and by how much? I think they cut 50 at the next meeting uh, and in just two weeks. I think, I think that's going to happen. Okay. Do you think we go to negative rates? No, I don't think we go to negative rates. I think Jay Powell understands that negative rates are fatal to the global financial system. If we go to negative rates, there will be capital destruction en masse. Uh, we, we can withstand negative rates in Japan. We can withstand negative rates in Europe because we've got the United States where you don't have negative rates. I saw, we talked about earlier how the banking system in Japan has been decimated since 1995 with zero interest rates. We've seen how the banking system in Europe has been decimated uh, in the aftermath of the global financial crisis thanks to negative interest rates. Jay Powell, I applaud him loudly seems to understand that negative interest rates in the United States would be a complete disaster for the financial system. And he's not going to go there, I don't think. Although Ben Bernanke and Janet Yellen have been trying to change his mind uh, in kind of in the news wires. But I applaud Jay Powell, and I believe he will not go to negative interest rates. Jeffrey, I so much appreciate the time. I know our viewers do as well. Uh, these are uh, amazing times we're, we're listening, uh, living through and talking there about. There you have it. So Jeff Gunlatch is on record saying, hey, if the United States goes negative, which apparently Janet Yellen and Ben Bernanke are trying to convince Jay Powell, so is Donald Trump, uh, the impact of that 
would be absolutely devastating uh, to the financial system. You right, understand the financial system, the millionaires, the billionaire system. Uh, obviously, uh, talked about gold. You know, it, it's one of those things. If you can afford, you know, you a twenty dollar gold piece, seventeen forty, ten or more, seventeen thirty. If you can afford those, great. Put them away. Uh, if you can't afford that, buy a ten, buy a five, buy a roll of halves. Get get yourself uh, some more exposure. This isn't. Uh, th- this isn't a matter of of if. Uh, this morning, corporate investment grade yields the worst blowout we've seen, which means the yields have gone even higher. Uh, they're now it's the worst in going all the way back to 2011. Of course, 2011, right? That was QE3. Uh, buckle up, get the seatbelt fastened. Uh, this guy's. He's made a living helping people, and he just told you what's coming up, uh, and, I, and I think he's got it nailed down. Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll be back next week. Everyone take care. God bless. And I'll be in Colorado all next week.